You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hi, I'm Ellen Scanlon, host of How to Do the Pot, a podcast demystifying cannabis for women. Katie and Nathan wanted me to let you know that there's strong language on the show. So if you don't like that, then this isn't the show for you. But you could head over to How to Do the Pot if you're secretly Googling questions about weed and ready to feel confident about cannabis for health, well-being, and fun. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Well, hello, Nathan. Hello, Katie. Oh, and welcome back, everyone, to our season six finale. I can't believe it's been six seasons already. And we're at the end, too. For anyone that, you know, if you're new here, uh, yeah, whenever we go on summer break, we, yeah, we just take some time to decompress you know, burnout is real, so we, we want to avoid it. But don't worry, we will be running some stuff from our Patreon feed on the main feed. Yes. So y'all can still... And if you if you like what you hear here on Queens while we're gone, think about becoming a Patreon supporter. Nathan, what do they get on our Patreon feed? God, you get a whole nother slew of content. And if you donate enough we do give you a thank you a thank you letter as well as maybe some merch merch if you're extra special yeah um you've got plenty of content to keep you tied over for the whole entire summer if you become a patreon supporter for sure for sure so um thank you to all of our patreon supporters but obviously the free show is not going anywhere so if that's not your thing we do not mind we are just happy that you are here at all and nathan yes what are we what are we closing our season out with? We are closing with part duh <laughs> of our Ronnie of Johnsy episode. So I am so excited about this. This is an Asian queen that we haven't we don't cover as much, so it's so much yeah. fun to delve into all of the cultural aspects. Yes. And if you were a supporter on Patreon, you would hear our goddesses of Hindu religion Yo. on this last episode. So that gives you a little bit of a feel of what we're going for today. Yes, absolutely. So Nathan, where did we leave off with the Rani of Jonesy? 
So Rani of Jhansi, a.k.a. Rani Lakshmiwai, a.k.a. Manu, was the queen consort, more or less, of a region in India called Jhansi in the mid-1800s, which was during the reign of the East India Company, a.k.a. The Brits in India. The British in India. However, her husband died, leaving her with only an adopted son named Damodar Rao. And though allowing adopted children to inherit titles was very, very normal in the Indian culture, the British people said absolutely fucking not and took control over Jhansi during like this policy they had um, called the policy of lapse, I think. And this kicked the headstrong Rani of Jhansi out of power. Seems a little unfair, huh? A little unfair. Yeah, a little bit. And a lot of India, uh, Indian people at the time thought it was a little bit unfair, too. So that's why in 1857, uh, Merut, a group of Indian soldiers, rebelled and started killing all of the Europeans. And before you know it, there's rebellions and mutinies popping up all over the place in India, but... Not in Jhansi. Not in Jhansi. This is called the Rebellion of 1857, the Indian Rebellion of 1857. I had to stop myself from just, well, I did go down several rabbit holes, but I had to be like, okay, get back to the point. Get back, like when researching, it was so interesting because it was like, when we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but it was just like so many little things that the British people had been imposing on the Indian people for the last 200 years, that it just was like a little thing, a little thing, a little thing. And then it was just an avalanche because so much had built up and it, everything just came. India was just like at its boiling point at this time in history. And it was really interesting to read about. But then again, back to Rani Lakshmi Bai. She goes up to this guy, uh, Alexander Skeen, who's like the head of Jhansi from like the British side. And he's, she's like, hey, man, the country is going crazy. I want to raise my own army to defend Jhansi from like all the mayhem. And Ronnie of Jhansi had always been really cool about British being in power at the time. And she could have started cooperated. Own- yeah, she always did. As in she could have started her own rebellion like everybody else was. Yeah. Um, but she didn't. She just refused to do that. And that's why the British guy in control um, told her, yeah, you can start your own army. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? And now you're caught up. Um, so Rani Lakshmi Bai starts training her own army. Remember, our girl loves that CrossFit life. Mm-hmm. So, and she loves horseback riding. So, She's like, I need both men and women in this army if we're going to protect ourselves from anything that comes. And you have to understand that the people of John Z love her. Love her. Like the British had officially been in control for the last three years, but the whole city always looked to their Ronnie before reacting to anything. So they're always looking to her to tell them what to do. And she's very even tempered. She's playing it cool. She's level headed. So very good about playing that political game, especially when India has been taken over by Britain. I think that is so interesting how like she on paper had no power and, but still like if the British were like, well, this is the new rule they would look to to their Ronnie first and be like, you cool with that? If you're cool with that, we'll say we're cool with it. But if you're not cool with it, let us know. And she'd be like, yeah, she was 
it was really important to her to keep peace in in her lands until it wasn't, which we'll get to. Foreshadowing. <laughs> so because of this, though, the British general, Alexander Skeen, um, even wrote to his, bo- his boss being like, hey, man, I don't know what's going on in the rest of the country, but here in Johnsy, shit is chill. Like, we keep hearing about the mutiny and the massacres, but here, like, the people in Johnsy are good. Like, do not worry about us. And because of this, there was a lack of the British military forces in and around Johnsy because they were told, you know, they're not a threat. Uh, The people love their former Ronnie, and the Ronnie told them, you know, make love, not war. Make love, not war. Yes, yes, she is. She is John and Yoko up in this bitch. She's like, (laughs) let's just chill. So, um, and this is where many historians are of two minds on the topic of the legendary Ronnie of Jhansi. So was Lakshmi Bai genuinely cooperating with the British because it was the safest option for her people? Or was she playing the long game and waiting for them to let their guard down and get distracted? Okay. For the first time of several times in this episode, we're going to remind y'all that Lakshmi Bai left no journals, nope. no personal letters, nope. so we will never know her thought process okay right um (laughs) we can only speculate about this and so and what she has left we also people you know debate about like you know how genuine she was in her communications with the british so yeah it's um uh, it's so frustrating because like we just don't know (laughs) because we have some queens like whenever we did like Catherine the Great, you know, she wrote a fucking memoir. So we know exactly how she felt about ABCD with people like this. Yeah, we just we we get to to speculate, which is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) And the Ronnie of Johnsy is almost mythical in her reputation. Mm -hmm. So some sources are later going to say that she was an evil liar that wanted to see everyone who stood in her way dead. Um, Some are going to say that she set out to be a hero of her people, but let's just keep in mind, no journals, no letters. So we never really know the answers to any of that. Exactly. Like you said, almost mythical in her reputation, like the stories that built around her, like just grew and grew and grew. So like, we really don't know what's been completely embellished. Um, And see, what's really crazy to me is that this was only like, 250 years ago <laughs> like yeah. usually stories get embellished over a hun- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and oh. hundreds of years and she's just in in terms of history she's only been in it for a little blip yeah compared but to it was like else. as soon like yeah no she like grew and grew and grew and her reputation like immediately mm-hmm. it gives me a little bit maybe it's just because i'm a huge fan of the hunger games but like mm. i kept being like okay katniss because, you know, she's like... I can see that. A little bit That like, is a good comparison. So that being said, around this time, when the major mutiny first broke out in May 1857 in Marut, uh, Lakshmi Bai held this ceremony called a Howdy Come Come. This is really interesting. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole about this. Katie, rabbit hole? What? I know! <laughs> so it's a, it's a ceremony in the Indian culture where the married women come together uh specifically like they're supposed to change exchange spices so turmeric so it's a ceremony that's supposed to be fun like a a girl's night get together but the actual meaning of the ceremony is to promote 
um, a long and healthy life. Pray for a long and healthy life for your husband. Yeah, and that's that's a good reason to get together, right? Yeah. <laughs> we looked at like seven different articles, and all of them simply said she used the ceremony to convince her people that the British were cowards, and we don't need to fear them. So maybe she did. I don't know, or maybe she was just knew that there was turmoil in the country. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people dying all around them. You know, if you had family members in different parts of the country, maybe you've just lost a loved one or something. And so maybe she also, maybe she was getting them together being like, the British ain't shit. But maybe she was also getting them together to be like, let's take our minds off of things. Let's celebrate. Let's find something positive. So... Yeah, so we knew she threw a party, but we don't know if it was a, a microaggression or not. Because studying history is so much fun! Like, ugh. <laughs> I wish she had a diary that was just like, and then I threw this party and told everybody the British ain't shit. Or, you know, something, just so we knew. I could just imagine Katie lying awake with her insomnia being like, I, I can't. But how did Ro- Ronnie what feel? Did, what did the Ronnie of Johnsy do with this party? Yeah. <laughs> so we should also note that her adoptive son, Domador, was still living with her. I don't know why, but I figured after the British con- took his titles that he and said he couldn't be the next in Maharaja, that he would have gone back to his birth family. Yeah. But nope, it was a full on adoption. And Lakshmi Bai was literally responsible for his care and his education at this point. And he would have been somewhere around eight to 10 years old. Yeah, I could find a whole lot about Domador Rao except for you know that he was adopted and then stayed in her care but like I was wondering yeah since he wasn't going to be a Maharaja I just kind of assumed he'd go back to his birth family but no mm-hmm. this was a uh, the Ronnie of Johnsy was like nope that is my son fuck off mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I uh, yeah so I kind of try to go down a little rabbit hole to find out more about his birth parents but yeah I couldn't really find anything because again oh, history so much fun <laughs> <laughs> so everything in Johnsy was more or less chill until June 6th of 1857 and this is the day that ye old shit hit the fan <laughs> um, there was this fort outside of the city of Johnsy but it was still considered kind of like Johnsy territory mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Star Fort, which Ooh. is you know where stars are born. Yes, um, and clearly. it's a place. I was I was born there. I know. you were born. You were born uh, <laughs> in Johnson. Okay, okay, fun, okay. fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is a place where the British uh, locals would keep their guns and their weapons and everything like that. Yeah. So just up the road was a group of Indian soldiers that had yet to mutiny. Um, but guess what they did on June 6th? <laughs> oh, let me take let me take a long guess. Mutiny. They did a mutiny, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. They and they stormed Star Fort. Um, or tried to, but then the Europeans heard that they were coming, and basically all the non-Indian people hid in the storm the Star Fort. Um mm. at this time I was reading about because like they were killing men, women, and children. Like it was it was nasty. And Not cute. And not a good look on anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like it. It feels a little genocide-y. Uh, yeah. Well, they were like, get the fuck out of our country. But, um, and then, I mean, the Brits weren't chill back to them. No. Everybody was bad. Yeah. Just like a little <laughs> bit of a side note. One thing that I listened to to research this is a podcast called The Other Half. Have you ever heard of it, Nathan? 
Mm, I think I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's this, um, British guy and he just covers women from history. He's like us, but like, um, smart -er. um, <laughs> no dick jokes, no dick jokes, <laughs> but he, when talking about the Ronnie of Johnsy and the uprising in India at this time, also brings up that famous quote from Gandhi, which is just, you know, like a few generations later, about like an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. And I think somebody should have told the two factions during the Indian uprising, because they were both just doing atrocities to each other. Mm-hmm. And it was just like... Whoa, chill. This is going to look bad in the history books. But anyway, so that was a. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said earlier, Johnsy didn't have a huge British military force there since everything had been pretty chill. Yeah. So there was no reason. So including wives and children, there were only about 60 people in Starfort. Um, Starfort had plenty of water, guns, beds, all the stuff that you need. Uh, and it had been a bunch of adult men soldiers and they probably could have, you know, held out, but they don't have any food and they have elderly people and their kids there. So after about two days, they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? We can't stay in here. Yeah. Yeah. We're stuck. (laughs) And remember the mutiny going all over India right now, like I kind of talked about just a second ago, it's a fucking massacre. And so these people that are held up in Star Fort with their children and with their retired dads and stuff, they're like, it's it's a death sentence to go out there and Mm -hmm. face the mob, you know? Yeah, but Lakshmi gets word of what's going on and she had a few of her guards hightail it over to the fort. And the British trust her. They Again, they have no reason not to. She's always been cooperative, yeah. Yeah, she's been friendly. She's never been hostile. So when she tells them, hey, I talked to these guys, and, you know, they promised me that they're not going to hurt y'all. They might, you know, take some men as hostages, but they're not hurting your kids. You're elderly. You know, I'm going to end up paying them off. And I'm sure you Brits will pay me back right yeah yeah and you know what she had no reason not to trust they had no reason not to trust her and it makes sense so they were like okay all right yeah sure um our kids are scared shitless what actually what other option did the british have but to trust her you know yeah they, they had no other option and so the europeans come out of star fort and after they left all 60 of them were killed murdered Men, women, children, elderly. Yeah. Yeah. Donzos. And uh, this is the end of the chill times in Johnson. <laughs> oh, God, that is so dramatic. I think I need to top off my drink to deal with the rest of this story. What about you, Nathan? <laughs> Touche. Okay. That, that, that means agreed. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hello everyone, it's Takuya here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. And we are back. So Nathan, was the Ronnie of John Z compliant in the death of those British people? Short answer? That's, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If you couldn't tell by the inflection, that's IDK. Some um, people are like, yeah, most definitely. But some people are like, hard no. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And after the massacre, the guys that came to Johnsy and started the mutiny put her in charge of Johnsy. They were like, you know, you, you're supposed to be in charge anyway. So now you are. And then she claims that they were like, and if you refuse to be the figurehead and appear to be on our side, we're going to kill you. So she was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't want to die. Guess yeah. I'll rule. <laughs> I do wonder. Um, this isn't in the show notes. It's just something I thought about. I do wonder, though, you know, the that's that Alexander Skeen guy that was running John Z had been there for three years. And they weren't friends, but they had been friendly. I have to wonder how, if she, let's assume she wasn't playing the long game and she was actually thinking that she was going to get those people set free. How that must have affected her to watch this dude that she's been working with for three years get his whole family. Because I know he had a wife, at least there, get murdered right in front of her eyes. I know. Even if she was on the side of the revolutionaries already, that still was probably, I mean, you'd have to be heartless not to, like, let that bother you. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Yeah. So Lakshmi knew how all of this looked. <clears throat> so she wrote a letter to the Brits being like, those guys that came here and killed all your friends, you know, I, I don't know her. I don't know her. Yeah. She, she doesn't was, even go here. She was Mariah Carey. She was Regina George. Like, I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> and she wrote basically like, look, y'all, the mob that was here was hundreds and hundreds of armed guys. And me and my guards are like 10 people, you know, like they told me they wouldn't kill them, but they did. What else could I do? Which is legit. Like that is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, She's like, I hate that that happened. I hate that that happened. But like, what was I supposed to do? Get myself and all my all my people killed trying to put myself in between that? No, you know, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. So she went on to say that they forced me to give them a bunch of money at gunpoint. Yeah. And then 
told her that she's in charge now because they're putting Indians back in charge of India. So I know how this looks, but that's the truth. Like, she's like, oh. We're we're paraphrasing all the her and everything. But, like, if you want to read it, the actual link to the letter is in the show notes. But, yeah, she's just like, I know how this looks. I know it looks like I am on their side, but this is what happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's her official story. But what a lot of suspicious British people are seeing is that the mutiny came to your doorstep. You convinced all the non-Indians to come out of their hiding spot with no weapons, Mm -hmm. knowing they were about to be killed. And then you gave funding to the dudes who did it. And then they put you in charge. (laughs) So it's just like, oh. All right, Nathan, let's discuss. I, so my, my mind, my way of thinking is that since she had always been cooperative with them in the name of peace for her people. I struggle with seeing her be like, yeah, fucking kill those kids. You know, I I do see how you could say that she was just waiting for her moment. Like I said, playing the long game, but I'm sure the truth falls somewhere in between those narratives, but I just really, maybe I want to like her, but I struggle with the idea of her being like, yeah, they're going to kill those kids and I'm fine with it. You know? Yeah, I agree. But I also... I'm imagining myself being her and she's probably hearing stories throughout India of all these mutinies and hearing how the British are just murdering innocent people and killing innocent women and children. And she's just like, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Like, so I can see kind of the long game aspect of it, of where she's hearing all of these terrible stories and she's playing nice until she's like, all right, I've stacked everything up that it makes it look like I'm innocent. And now I'm going to wipe them away and give them the pain that they've been waiting for. You think that she just had like, was like, you know what? Plausible deniability. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, it's horrible. She shouldn't have done that, but it was being done to her people. So, I mean, again, it's the eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Yes. (laughs) It's it's, that um, thing. Yeah. It's, um, well, we could go back and forth forever. Let us know. Uh, (laughs) Let us know on social media or send us an email. Um, Let us know what you guys think. Anyway, pretty much right after the John Z massacre, the mutineers left. They were they were just like, all right, cool. We came and killed the British. Now we're out. You've given us money. Now we're out. And once again, John Z went back to being pretty quiet. It just really wasn't a huge spot of interest, like compared to other places in India where there was just more. John Z wasn't a big community compared to other places, you know. So, and the British. The British army had their fucking hands full. So they decided, look, we're just going to believe that the Rani of John Z is telling us the truth. Um, she doesn't look like she's trying to start a whole lot of trouble. Let's just focus our forces elsewhere, which makes sense. Yeah. They were like, look, we don't have a lot of choices. Yeah. <laughs> also that. <She's- laughs> yeah, right? She seems chill. So we're also going to have to recognize you as the full leader of John Z until we squashed that rebellion. 
So, you know, Ronnie, if you could just hold down the fort and let us know the moment any kind of uprising starts, that would be great. So this is another point that people argue about, about, like, the long game argument. Mm -hmm. Because now both the Indian rebels and the British government view her as the ruler. Like, Mm -hmm. not just in name, in practice of John Z. And isn't that what she was supposed to have this whole time? That's what she wanted this entire time. See? Oh, it's so... Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I'm a few Long minds. game. Long game. <laughs> Long game. Ronnie of Locksby by took this shit seriously. Mm-hmm. She was like, fuck yeah. To the Indians, I'm queen. To the British, I'm queen. I'm in control, and I'm going to do my best at this. So she forms a small council and puts a plan in place uh, to collect taxes, and she plans for a defense. And, oh, yeah, remember her dad from episode one? Yeah, the one that, like, made sure she had a good education, made sure that she knew about, like, war and politics. Yeah. He lived in John Z full time, and he was on her council. How nice is that? I know. Uh, bring your daddy to work day. So (laughs) (laughs) little side note, when she was collecting taxes, she was taking those taxes and she's still sending them to the East India company, which I think Mm. is like a sign that she was still up until this point wanting to cooperate with the British. So she's still like, there's documentation of her sending money that she felt was owed to the East India Company, hmm. aka the British government. So tuck that away. Maybe that'll be important later. And again, for a time, John D's John Z's just chillin' chillin' chillin'. Chillin' 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 chillin'. <laughs> and it's funny because when you look back at the Indian Revolution of 1857 now, John Z and its Ronnie are figureheads. But both were slow compared to other people and places to join this revolution that was taking place. So they were dragging their feet the entire time. Yeah. So just brings it back to the conversation we've been having is like, was she thinking ahead? Was she like playing three dimensional chess or was she trying to play by the book until she couldn't anymore? So basically, basically it feels like John Z was like, don't start no shit. There won't be no shit. Right? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) However, it wasn't easy going. Two of the neighboring city-states saw her and thought to themselves, hmm, why don't we take John Z? We're men, and we don't mind killing British people, so why not? Let's just take it. Like, oh, (laughs) a nice John Z you got there. It'd be a shame if someone stole it from you. (laughs) But... They didn't know that Lakshmi Bai had been training her people to to fight. Like, she, they, she had, like, a volunteer. Like, she wasn't really paying these people to train and fight and defend themselves. And so she had this really dedicated army of volunteer, uh, volunteer warriors, basically. Uh, so... They knew how to defend themselves when some sn- the sneaky assholes from the town over <laughs> tried to come in and take all their shit. They had a hidden cannon on the city Ooh. walls. And I was like, <laughs> the people that were trying to take Johnsy 
they get they hear a cannon go off once and they ran they ran so (laughs) far far away away. yeah so again don't start no shit there won't be no shit there was no reason for them to use that cannon until their own neighbors came and tried to take their shit you know and after that everyone left john z and their ronnie alone which do you blame yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. For about five more months, John Z is again chilling, 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 chilling. John and peace, Yoko, bed piece, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is not something that a lot of other places in India were experiencing at this point. Mm-mm. So she's holding up a a nice little peace sanctuary yeah. in a big realm of tumultuous drama and she's already building up a reputation for herself Mm -hmm. yeah so however there was a lot of shit going down in the rest of the country so lakshmi bai kept writing to the british people being like hey the vibes are off (laughs) it would be really great if you could send a couple dozen soldiers our way and Week after week after week, she's writing to them being like, we don't feel safe. We are trying to hold down the fort for you, but I'm not getting anything back from you. Yeah. And they just left her on red. They They didn't give a, they didn't give a fork. (laughs) No forks. Um, <laughs> but were the British just super busy elsewhere? Probably. Sure. You no, know, yeah. there's a lot of drama going on. But also, were they maybe still super duper suspicious of this sis? Oh yeah, uh, they were like they probably. were they were like we don't know that we can trust this bitch. Yeah, her situation could go either way. And that's when her dad and her counsel started to be like, "Girl, <laughs> honey." Honey. They don't give a shirt about us. Zero shirts. <laughs> Zero shirts. And I think that started to get inside of her head a little bit. I agree. Again, depending on which source you read, you can hear about all her different motives. But after she got left on red so many times, she started training her people double time. She's like, we can't rely on these British to protect us. We're going to have to protect ourselves. And she started spending her money on weapons, on horses, on guns, and cannons. And that's the money she was supposed to be sending the British for their taxes. And she was like, "Mm, no taxation without representation, motherfucker. I'm keeping it for myself. As an American, that resonates. (laughs) That resonates. (laughs) And then after about three months of leaving the British on red, the British show up. And they're basically like, Thanks for looking after the place. It looks great. Um, so if you could just kindly hand over the keys now. <laughs> this is ours. Thanks for looking after it. And she's like, oh, now you care about Johnsy. Mm-hmm. I've been asking y'all for help. I've been fighting off people on my own. And now you want to rock up, get the keys and get your tax money. And you can't call me back. You can't text a girl back. Absolutely not. And she, she's like, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look I'm at me. the captain now. <laughs> this is my place. Ooh. Ooh. It just gives me goosebumps. Okay. We're going to finish up the rest of the story in a minute, but I need to go take a walk around the block. That was a lot. 
It's a lot of drama to pull it's in. A lot of like drama. the British taking over your country. I'm getting yeah. flashbacks <laughs> <laughs> of right. every other country in this world. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. All right. So Ronnie of Johnsy is in. She's having a Mad Queen moment a little bit. Her Mad Queen era. Her, she is in her <laughs> Mad Queen era. She's like, I've been collecting taxes for you, and you've left us high and dry, and there is a goddamn murderous fucking revolution going on all around us, and we could have been killed, and y'all would have done nothing, like the Americans said, no taxation without representation, hashtag George Washington, hashtag Hamilton, Hashtag tea bitches. And she literally did hashtag all of those on her She hashtagged Twitter. all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, enter a new character named Hugh Rose, which now all I'm thinking about is Apothecary Rose from Apothecary Rose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, I'm just thinking it's uh, David Rose. David? Yeah. Where's David? <laughs> just me. Ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Rose is the commanding officer of the British troops and they roll up and are like, Hey, thanks so much for holding down this fort while we're gone. But we're here now. Um, we're going to take John Z back for the British. Hmm. Thank you so much. This is ours now. And Lakshmi Bai is like, the hell you are? Hard no. Absolutely not. And so she won't let the British in. She's like, uh, the people in the town are trained to fight and heavily armed now. So try. Try to take <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck around and find out. Fuck <laughs> around and find out. I dare you. Yeah, and this goes on for two days of the British being like, okay, give us Johnsy back. And she's like, okay, come and take them, motherfuckers. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so eventually they did, unfortunately. It's kind of sad to think about because Johnsy this whole time had been like this peaceful place. But now, you know, it's gone down in history as just like the site of a huge battle. And it's, the fighting is just mayhem. And it goes on for about six days, with Lakshmi Bai actually leading the army of both men and women. I get it. Yes. And she's so popular, guys. So like, popular. Everybody loves her. There were over 14,000 volunteers in her army in a city of 250,000. So that means like one in every three households had one person volunteering in the army. And that's not nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, 250,000. You have to assume that so many of those are children. So many of those are elderly. So to think about 14,000, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of people that joined the army. And this is one reason that why she is such a figurehead for the revolution. Because she legit held her own against the British military mm-hmm. with her group of volunteer soldiers. And the people followed her with such passion that she really gave everyone hope that, hey, maybe we can fucking win this thing. Yeah, but sadly for the people of John Z, towards the end of the week, they realized, mm, not going to happen. <laughs> the British just had more reinforcements, they had more men, they had more guns, and 
I read in one place they even found her dad and hung him in a public space. So this shit is now personal. Yeah. So this next part of the story is legendary, but we don't know how true it is, right? I I have to assume not super true, but (laughs) (laughs) it's the legend. (laughs) If you Google Ronnie of John Z, one of the first things that's going to pop up is this depiction of her riding on her horse, sword sticking out with with a baby on her back. Like, she's she's just got her baby genie or whatever it's called. (laughs) Just strapped on her back. Um, And yeah, that's the like, if that's the legend that she rode out of town with uh, the baby on her back. Um, The story goes that when she realized, oh, we are not going to win this. She was like, I'm going to die with my people. But her people were like, no, the revolution needs you. Again, very Katniss energy. Get the fuck out of here. If they catch you, they'll torture you. We need you as a figurehead. We need you. You inspire people. So she supposedly straps her son to her back uh, and her and the baby genie or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> grabs her sword, gets on her horse and while like running full speed off of the city walls around Johnsy jumps from the fort upon impact after because like it's like a couple hundred feet or whatever upon impact the horse died but Lakshmi Bai and Damador were unharmed and they took off on foot to join the rebels okay so the thing is Damador's like 10 years old I mean (laughs) I know in these depictions she's always got like a toddler on her back he was he was fucking 10 how much do 10 year old boys weigh like not it might be a little heavy. Like, he he could probably ride his own horse and, like, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, she could have strapped him to her back, but uh, it's probably not going to happen. Also, how are they unharmed with a jump so far up that it killed the horse? Also, poor, poor horse. horse. Yeah, poor horse. Um, but how are they not injured at all? Yeah, like, so that part of her legend is almost certainly legend. Not... Mm-hmm. I also read that probably a way more likely story, but it doesn't look as cool in art, (laughs) is that one of her ladies-in-waiting agreed to dress up as her and go to the British and be like, I'm Lakshmi Bai. And so, like, Uh, and so then she could sneak out. She and Domador could sneak out. Yeah. A lot more likely. And how brave was that lady-in-waiting? But it doesn't look as cool in art, you know? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look as cool as, like, jumping off a sword with a baby wrapped around your back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's not think too hard. Let's not, yeah, what, let's move on. <laughs> what we need to know is this, that Ronnie of Johnsy is on the loose. However she escaped doesn't really matter. You just know that she escaped. She escaped. She escaped. Yeah. Sadly, uh, the scene in Johnsy is a grim one. Um, it just turned into a massacre. The British were out for revenge. You know, the mutineers have been murdering their old people and children. And so they're like, you know what? We can kill old people and children too. And everyone, including the kids, like it, bad time. (laughs) Everybody, everybody was murdered. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Ugh. Yeah. So Lakshmi Bai gets herself to a town called 
Gwalior, which is a place where a lot of rebel leaders are heading that way. Yeah. This is another reason why I don't believe she was on foot, because that's that it's town like, is not super close to John Z. Like miles away. <laughs> yeah. But either way, she's booking it probably on a horse, less likely on foot. Yeah. <laughs> With Domador and like a small group of Yes. They got they got a little group of people. Um the Maharaja of Gwalior. Um Gwalior? No. The Maharaja Gwalior. The Maharaja of Gwalior was pro British. So Lakshmi Bai and the other leaders are like, hey, the, the, the British are fucking murdering everybody. They had, this town was so strategically located that they were like, we really need you on our side. Like, it was just, it was just like a great spot. So she was like, I really need this spot. I would love for you to be with us. But if you're against us, we're going to do what we have to do to get this town. And long story short, Lakshmi Bai did what she had to do. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and her rebel friends overthrew the Maharaja and took over Gwalior, which I do. Now Gwalior is the rebel headquarters. Thanks. Y'all, the rebels, again, it's giving me Katniss. It's giving me the Mockingjay. The rebels were so excited. They were like, you have the Ronnie of Johnsy joining us? Oh my god, because at this point, she had become a figurehead throughout the entire country of, like, Indian rebellion. You know what I mean? Like, she is just this, she's this woman who tried to be friends with the Brits that now was this badass because she felt like she was being shit on. And doesn't that give you such Katniss vibes. It does. Like, I never... Like, whenever you said that, I was like, wow. Yeah! Did they, did they actually use her story to... Maybe! Make- <laughs> Maybe! <laughs> like, because, it sounds like it. <laughs> because so, cause her legend just grew and grew and grew and grew. And grew. Ugh, I love this, but... I love it. This General Hugh Rose guy is a smart guy, and he's like, look... Wherever the Ronnie of Johnsy goes is where the revolution is going. So she's not here in Johnsy anymore. Where did she go? Search party. And he sends a countrywide search party out to find where she is. So he writes back to England because they're like, who, who is this Lakshmi Bai chick? What is going on? And so he writes back to England and his descriptions of her are such a mixed bag. Because in the same letter, he calls her um, personable, clever, beautiful. But then he also calls her the most dangerous of all the Indian leaders. I honestly love this for her. I love, like, <laughs> I w- I w- I'd get that tattooed. The most dangerous leader. You know, like, mm. personable, clever, and beautiful. Also the most dangerous leader. I love that. Yeah. That would totally be my tramp stamp. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the next part of this story is a lot of war. And you know, Queen's yeah. podcast, we don't do a lot of wars. Um, we don't, but uh, we'll battles. skim, skim, skim milk over yeah. it. Um, skim milk over it. Yes. <laughs> what you need to know, there's just war erware. Erware. Everybody in the country getting murdered. Lakshmi by knows that they'll be coming for her soon. There, she's like, 
look, I know I'm the Mockingjay. I know they're coming for me. Um, and so she goes to the other rebel leaders and she's like, we really need to be training our forces morning, noon, and night. Nonstop. And the other leaders are like less worried about it. They're like, yeah, but where we are is so protected. We're not in that immediate danger. And she's like, are we in the same revolution? Like, have you been sleeping? What the fuck are you talking about? We're not in that immediate danger. Yeah. So she's like, y'all do you, but my men are going to keep training nonstop. Yeah. (laughs) And when the other soldiers saw her troops training nonstop, they were like, um, does she know something we don't know? We're, we're going to go over to her now. Um, she seems to know some more, (laughs) um, that made her status as a leader in the revolution. Yeah, she's notching up. She's, she's leveling growing up. and growing and growing of just people so like this bitch knows what's up. We're going to follow her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This entire time, Lakshmi Bai knows that the British will be there any day. She knows those red coats are coming, you know. She was right. Rose and his troops, David Rose, you know, David and his troops <laughs> were marching her way and she knew it and on the day they arrived june 16th 1858 the rebel leader who was famous to everyone in indian and great britain was she was ready y'all yeah <laughs> she was ready to let loose so it said she dressed like a man in the soldier's uniform and she wore a turban as well but she was like huh honey don't forget, I'm a motherfucking queen. I'm a Lonnie, y'all. She was dripping in pearls. She was dripping in bangles. I love Dripping that. in jewels. Yeah. I love that. She dressed like a man, how they dress for battle, but she was also like her pearls, her bangles, her... I love that. Yes. Feminist rage. Feminist rage! <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, this is the last thing we know for sure about um, the rebel figurehead, the Ronnie of Jonesy, Lakshmi Bai, Manu. We know that she was somehow killed in battle. There's a hundred different stories about how she died in battle. Almost literally. (laughs) None of them confirmed. There was one that like a British guy killed her thinking it was just some dude. And then when he found out he had killed her, he, like, went into a panic attack because they had been given directive to, like, find the Ronnie and take her captive, not kill her. Um, Which makes sense, but... um, So that's the one that I believe the most. But there's just... There's so many stories about how she died. But either way... Either way... The warrior queen of the Indian Rebellion went out fighting until her very last breath. Her body was recovered after the battle, and the survivors of the day gave her a proper funeral real quick. Um, They were worried that if they let her lie in state, that the British would somehow steal her body defile it do something disrespectful something disrespectful of it right and we see that we see that a lot now like even still like they'll let people lie in state so people can come visit and that was part of the culture then but they were just like someone's gonna steal her body and do like a do you remember 
Um, do you remember <laughs> and when we talked about... But no, do you remember the Hortense Mancini episode where her yes. husband took her dead body like to like dinner parties? Different, yes, like just like traveled around Europe. With yes! <laughs> I think that's what they were worried about. They were like... Oh, if we just let her lie in state, the British are gonna come steal her and like bring her. It's like bring her to dinner parties. Yes. <laughs> this is but, my day, Ronnie of Johnsy. She looks dead. She's um, not. But she, she might be. hard maybe. You know. Um, but no, that so that makes sense of why they wanted to do such a rushed funeral where that usually would have been like more steps, more, like, ways to show her respect in her death, but they were just like, we gotta do this, because otherwise they're gonna steal her body and bring him to bring her to dinner parties. Yeah, so you remember he rose, Rose Apothecary, yeah. David, yeah. Um, he was watching from on top of the city walls, and he said he wanted to see them burying this woman who had caused so much trouble be buried with his own eyes. Yeah, oh God. the drama. And so but. he said, he, 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 yeah, he said he was really impressed by how big the funeral was, and you know they really didn't have that much time to prepare for it. So. For them to be able to put this funeral together so quickly. And how many people showed up at the drop of a hat. That means that she had to have had a loyal following, right? He was like, he was like, I wanted to watch her, you know, the end of her, like, see it with my own damn eyes. So I know that she's gone. But yeah, he was still like, but respect. Look at it. Look at it. Well, what they put together. Okay. People fucking loved her. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um. As was customary, they burned her body on a funeral pyre, which is what they did. They did take the time to dress her in full queen regalia. The next day, the rebels left Walior, and the rebellion very much kind of died out over the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people view the loss of the legendary Ronnie of Johnsy as the end. Um, with a lot of rebels losing their passion for fight, you know, once she died, the wind beneath their wings was gone. Wind beneath my wings. <laughs> so her son, Domador, some of the rebels like adopted him thinking like, we're going to keep this going. Um, but after, after about two years, it was just clear that like, no, this was, this is not going to keep going. So he was surrendered to the British, which made me very nervous. I was like, oh no, oh. what's going to happen? But no, he, they, they let him live. And yeah, he lived until he was like 55 or something. Ooh. And I think died of natural causes. So cool. How generous of you, British. How nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks for taking over our country. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Two months after her death, Queen Victoria from over yonder in England land um, was like, okay, this is enough. And she took control of India away from the East India company. And I mean, she gave control of India to herself, but yeah. still, she really thought she was, she was going to do something for India. Well, like right? it kind of makes sense though. Cause the East India company, again, it was like a trading company that somehow got government control. So I do like that. She was like, let me reevaluate this. Oh, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Um, and after, I mean, things didn't get perfect, 
But after she actually took control, um, things improved slightly. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about her legacy, Nathan. It is huge. Huge! Immediately, she's a celebrity in both India, Great Britain, mm-hmm. and then after the rebellion was over, Rose wrote, the Indian mutiny had produced but one man, and that man was a woman. Okay, so that is bonkers <laughs> sexist and problematic. Like, that is... It is. It is. It's horrible. <laughs> but that does show you how much she lived in people's minds rent-free. That, like... Yes. Yeah. Af- years and years and years after her death people on both sides were still talking about her. One British newspaper called her the Jezebel of India. Of course. Of course. Mm. Fucking sexism. Um, Another British officer said of her, quote unquote, the Rani is remarkable for her bravery, cleverness and perseverance. Her generosity to her subordinates was unbounded. These qualities combined with her rank, rendered her the most dangerous of all the rebel leaders. So her reputation, even just within the British, is all over the place. Like, yeah, much less just... Indian culture, much less world culture. Yeah. Like... <laughs> so um, today there are still five statues, at least, that we know of, of Rani of Jhansi in India. <clears throat> one in the town of her birth, one at the spot of her cremation, and another in a park that is called Rani Lakshmibai Park. Oh. Mm. And she's still, like, talking about her today. I'm like, wow, how is she not a big cultural figure? Oh, oh yeah, she, she is. <laughs> she is, just not, yeah. She's and just not as celebrated as we do here at Queen's Podcast. <laughs> we love her. Um, and so I want to end this episode with one quote that I found from a British officer about her that I think sums up her life so nicely. Whatever her faults may have been, her countrymen will ever remember that she was driven by ill treatment into rebellion. She lived and died for her country, and we cannot forget her contributions to India. Uh, How lovely is that? Ugh. So let's raise a glass. Raise a glass. To our badass Indian queen who didn't take no shit. But she did take some shit. You know what? She she took shit until she could not take shit any longer. And she became the face of the revolution. And we love her. Cheers, bitches. Cheers. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it. Not going to take it.